Welcome to the Story Geeks with Jay Shear for the audio version and for the video version. Welcome to the Story Geek Show, which is on the Orange Grove 55 YouTube channel. Uh, thank you for hanging out today. Today we are going to be talking about what used to be called the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. I believe it was called that. But now that it's on Disney Plus, it's being called The Adventures of Young Indiana Jones because Disney must put adventure on everything <laughs> but adventure does have a name and that is indiana jones so it's a pleasure to talk to you guys today about indiana jones my plan is to do um record i'm going to watch all the indiana jones content that has dropped on disney plus prior to seeing um, indiana jones and the dial of destiny in these shows there will be spoilers for all of the indiana jones stuff that comes before dial of destiny i have not seen dial of destiny i don't get any early screenings of dial of destiny i will see i am seeing dial of destiny on the thursday that it is released in theater so i will see it right away but in the meantime i'm gonna be watching all these other indiana jones shows particularly the adventures of young indiana jones and i wanted to talk about it and i thought this would be a good venue to do that so i am going to be showing some uh clips or more like screenshots i don't want to get um demonetized or anything here for orange grove 55 from the movie we will look at those together or from the shows i should say from the tv shows but i will also be talking in a way that if you're following along on the audio on the how stories work podcast channel it should not matter you shouldn't need to see the screen i will describe to you what is on the screen if you want to watch along with me i would love to have you so just start watching the adventures of young indiana jones starting with episode one and working your way through that's what i'm going to do as well and record these videos talking about it in greater detail the reason why i'm doing it both on the podcast feed for how stories work and on the youtube channel for the story geeks with orange grove 55 is that i'm going to be covering a little bit of like writing aspects of it but also the deeper aspects of the discussion that will all be involved in regarding these things i'm surprised how deep it is and i'm surprised at some of the content that is in this show already just after one episode so um it'll be a good discussion it should be really really fun so let's just go ahead and dive into it um I said I released a short video on the How Stories Work YouTube channel that talked about, it's just a quick review of, of this episode that I did. And what's really fascinating to me is how these episodes came about. These episodes came out on ABC. So it came out on network television in the early 90s, 1992 and 1993. There were two seasons of, I, I believe it was called the, the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Correct me if I'm wrong. But when it came out, it came out in 1992. It was called that, released on ABC. A majority of the episodes were written by George Lucas, but I was surprised to see that Frank Darabont from The Walking Dead, The Green Mile, um, several other, oh, uh, Shawshank Redemption, really high profile stuff. Frank Darabont wrote one of these episodes. I'm not sure which one it is. I'll let you know when I come across it. George Lucas wrote a bunch of the episodes. Predominantly, it was a George Lucas written show. So we're going back to the George Lucas era of uh, Indiana Jones here. And also Carrie Fisher even wrote an episode of this show, which is really fascinating to me. So this seems like this show was intended to fill in the backstory of Indiana Jones. And um, when George Lucas envisioned Indiana Jones as a character and wanted to do a movie, one of the things he was pitching Indiana Jones as was a serial, a classic newspaper serial, a classic pulp serial character who appeared in all of these adventures. Well, what's really interesting about this show is that it very much follows that same theory of, of telling of storytelling. It's this, it's this serial story um, unveiling bit by bit, the earlier life of Indiana Jones. 
which I love. I've written a serial story, Time Slingers. You guys can check that out. You can go buy it on Amazon anytime you want to. And so serial storytelling is really interesting to me. Pulp storytelling is really interesting to me. And so this is a very fascinating little um, little way of, of releasing those things um, into the media. Now, a couple other things I should mention. This show got 17 primetime Emmy nominations. 17. And it won 10. It won 10 primetime Emmys. So there was a there was a large number, there's a large number of people here who really appreciated um, what this show, what the show was all about. So that's very, very fascinating to me. I was a little bit surprised at how deep we're going to get into things um, when we get into the other episodes. So let me get into that. But before I do that, let me explain a little, a little bit of odd, an odd way that these are being released. So I don't know if Disney plus has taken these and adjusted the release order of these shows. It kind of feels like that to me. Um, the reason why it feels like that is because each show is an hour and a half, a little over an hour and a half. And what it feels like, and I could be wrong about this, but when I look at IMDb and I look at the young Indiana Jones Chronicles, and then I look at the structure of these, I don't think it was released in two hour segments on tv we would have been two hours with advertisements right it feels to me more like they took two episodes and then put them together to create a longer episode uh for disney plus which is odd i don't know why they did that maybe because it makes sense in a particular order and they didn't air in that order on on tv i don't know but i will say it creates this it does create some some strange uh, occurrences for example in this first episode we're going to talk about Indiana Jones goes to Egypt and that feels like one storyline. And then all of a sudden they go to Morocco and that feels like a totally different storyline, but those two are linked together in one episode. Not only that, but in the credits, and this actually goes against what I said earlier in the credits, it'll say like this episode, this was directed by, you know, Egypt was directed by this person. And then Morocco was directed by this person. Now it's very possible that these were released this way on tv on abc because it would be weird to edit those in differently after the fact disney plus would have had to re-edit these at least just the the credits um showing on screen so i'm confused and then one of the reasons it's weird is because you're gonna see in this episode you're gonna see indiana jones looks like he's about eight years old when he's in egypt and then when he's in morocco he looks like he's about 10 years old and then i started watching episode two i'm like halfway through episode two and it looks like he's eight again. So it's weird. It's very weird. Um, if you know, if you know the details of of kind of like why that is coming out in that way, then let me know in the comments down below. Maybe you know something that I don't know. It's very possible. So this is a um, you know I love Indiana Jones content. I am always here for Indiana Jones content and uh, pleasure to go through this with you. We're gonna get into some deep stuff here as well. So let's go ahead and I'll share my screen and we will take a look at indiana jones together um I'll, I'll change the size of my screen as i go along here uh, i'm just going to skip through some of these just to kind of showcase um what it looks like so this is like he gives like a little bit of background into you know he was born and how he was born and 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 what his upbringing was like and then we see him in these different places by the way it looks like um it, it does not really like the fact that we're <laughs> showcasing some of these and it's trying to figure it out so it's doing this weird flashing thing on my screen um 
But, you know, Indiana Jones is young and he's getting himself into quite a bit of trouble here, which is always seems very Indiana Jones ish. What you're going to realize is that his father, uh, I don't know the, the name of the actor who's portraying his father, but this is Henry Jones Sr. here on the right side of the screen. And then this lady on the left side of the screen is basically like his nanny, for lack of a better word. And so you have this dynamic where um, Henry Jones Sr. is going to be going and giving lectures around the world, which is why Indy gets to go um, with his dad to all these foreign locations. And the whole time, this lady, this nanny lady is going to serve as his teacher, essentially. And for those of you listening, you know, Henry, Henry Jones Sr. is he seems like he's a. Uh, he seems like a younger version of of Sean Connery. Maybe not as handsome as Sean Connery, although this guy is not not you know he's not ugly by any means. But Sean Connery is a very iconic figure in Hollywood. And then this nanny figure is a little older. She she's a little older. She's clearly somebody who never got married and wants to help families. You know, teach kids, all that kind of good stuff. And so um, one of the first things is uh, they they are traveling across the ocean here's a quick shot of them on the on the ship and as they're traveling across the ocean indiana jones is telling all these people who are already seasick uh about what they used to do to mummies because <laughs> he's studying egypt on their way to egypt this first this first section of this first episode is all in egypt and uh, he's telling them how they embalmed like mummies and stuff like that and uh, everyone's getting grossed out and feeling like they need to uh vacate their stomachs they feel like they need to throw up so then they arrive in egypt and this all feels very indiana jones ish in terms of like how uh how he seems as a character how these people around him seem as well um i want to get a shot of the kid here this is the kid this is young indiana jones right here as played by the younger actor there are two I believe there are two, there are, I believe there are actually three actors because I believe there's also Indiana Jones as an old man later on telling us some things. Uh, we haven't got there yet. So um, I believe there's another actor who plays him there. But there are two actors who play him as a younger ki uh, kid, one that's in his 20s, 30s, and the other one that is, you know, in his um, elementary school days. And you can see here he's already at um, the pyramids in Egypt, he's in Cairo. And as his dad is giving lectures, his nanny is taking him around to the different pyramids just to get a feel for what Egypt is like and, and what's going on in Egypt. And um, there's a couple things in here that are that are really fascinating, too. So they go from the pyramids. They meet this other guy. Um, and this guy is like a really interesting character. He is Ned. I believe his name is is Ned. And Ned is a somebody who knows Indy's. Uh, dad really well and let me see if I can get you a shot of Ned here for those who are watching the video of most great um, yeah so. here he is here's Ned and Ned is kind of like what Indiana Jones kind of like who Indiana Jones will eventually become he's sort of like an adventurer who goes around the world um, trying to figure out um, you know what what old civilizations look like and, and those kind of things one of the interesting things is in this conversation here so let's just let me just give you a little bit of setup if you didn't watch the show Basically, Indiana Jones and his um, or Henry Jones Jr. He's already being called Indy here, even though the dog's name is Indy. We all know that um, his 
nanny has taken him to the pyramids and his nanny tried to negotiate with the guides who took them to the pyramids and she didn't do a very good job and she did not pay them enough money and they just completely ditched her. Um, so they ditch, they ditch Indy and the nanny at the pyramids and they're stuck there because they take the camels with them. The guides take the camels with them. Now, this is not uh, unlike an Indiana Jones type of event, right? Uh, where Indiana Jones um, is going to search for the fertility idol in Raiders of the Lost Ark and all the guides that are leading him there kind of try to betray him. So this is a standard Indiana Jones type situation. In this case, um, and uh, from a writing perspective, I would call this uh, a large coincidence. So this is, we usually don't like to write coincidences into scripts, but in this case, it is very much coincidental that this guy right here, I believe his name, I believe they call him Ned. Ned shows up and uh, he's riding a bike in the desert. I don't know how one rides a bike across the desert, but this guy does and he shows up and for that's fortunate for them because now Indy and... Um, Indy and his nanny uh, have somebody to be with them throughout the course of the nighttime. And so he helps them start a fire. And then he gets into this really interesting conversation with Indiana Jones because Indiana Jones is sort of asking why the Egyptians would bury people in, in these tombs. And his nanny is kind of like, well, because they believe some things and those things that they believed were technically wrong. They shouldn't have believed those things. And that's not how the world works. And, it sounds like she's a very um, Western Judeo-Christian kind of belief system, what she seems to espouse. She's from the UK. She's from England, I, I would assume. Um, we all we we know that Indy's dad is uh, talks with like kind of a Scottish accent, and so we assume that he's from the UK, but from Scotland. And then this lady seems like she's like a proper a proper English person, right? Um, whatever that means people if you're in england tell me what a proper english person is but she seems like a you know uh man you know the etiquette matters and manners matter and you should pay attention to these kind of things so they're all sitting around the fire young indy this guy again i believe his name's ned and then the um the nanny and they're all talking about what happens when when you die and this gentleman kind of says like well you know who knows, who knows who's right about when you die because nobody has come back to report to us about what happens when we die. And there's this interesting thing here to be said for one of the things that is um, Indiana Jones addresses in most of the things that Indiana Jones does um, in all the scenarios that we see him in. There is generally something that is also paranormal or supernatural that is occurring at the same time. And so when we see this scene, we're getting a little hint into Indy's, the reason why Indy is so open to the world, right? His nanny's kind of trying to teach him one thing, but then these other people who he respects greatly, who he's going to pattern his life after in some ways, they actually have a completely different way of viewing the world, which is not so black and white. And Indiana Jones, like, you know, I've done videos in the past where I've talked about Indiana Jones being a uh, skeptic he's a skeptic of everything he doesn't believe anything and that's only going to be repeated later on in this particular episode so let me go ahead and go move forward here um indy goes with the nanny and this re the rest of this crew to a dig there's an egyptian dig this is going to look very familiar we saw any we saw a dig um in the first film there was a there was an archaeological dig this is out in the desert 
by the way, I don't know where these were filmed. I don't know if those were filmed like on location, if they were filmed overseas. It sure feels like it was. So it would not surprise me if some of the Emmys nominations that they received were for the fact that this feels like they're in a different country. All the different places that they visit in this first episode, they don't feel like they're in the United States. So well done on the production team's part. And I don't know where they exactly were, but um, there were somewhere in there. There's a whole cast of characters here in this archaeological dig section that are helping to unearth this tomb of some sort of Egyptian um i don't know if it's referred to the uh the the person who's buried as a pharaoh i believe it's a pharaoh but i'm not positive and as this uh plays itself out there's a whole cast of characters here who are involved in unearthing this um this mummy right in this in and what's in here so they get into the they get into the tomb and they find the mummy and things start to go awry because there's also a curse. They're talking about there being a curse. And Indiana Jones says, well, wow, this is probably the curse. The curse is something to do with people burning up. There's a charred corpse um, that they find one of these days in here. And then someone dies from the expedition. The tomb is apparently robbed. <coughs> Excuse me. The term is apparently, the tomb is apparently robbed of a jackal. There's a jackal piece that has these ruby eyes in it, and that's taken from the tomb. And now it's this. Now it's really asking, like, well, what happened? And Indiana Jones is kind of wondering, like, is this the curse? Is this what was said to be the curse? Is that what's happening? And you already start. You can already start to see him kind of struggling with, okay, wait a second, should I believe in curses or should I not believe in curses? And simultaneously. One of the things that we're learning about that Indiana Jones is going to have to deal with the rest of his life is the fact that there are grave robbers. And so, <coughs> excuse me, if there are grave robbers, then you now what it doesn't do here, it suggests that there are grave robbers. And it also suggests that this particular expedition, which is being run by Westerners, predominantly, it would seem people from the UK. It seems like they're in the right. Now, obviously, there's a big debate about this in the modern day about who should own the rights to um, art, the things that are found in archaeological digs. And, and the general thinking of today is that it should belong to the nation state um, where the dig was found. Or perhaps if the dig was um, in a nation state that... <coughs> I can't, I don't have any water and I can't, I, I'm, I'm doing all the talking myself. So I apologize for my coughing. <clears throat> if the, if the nation state where the archeological dig uncovered something interesting, but it was not related to that particular nation state, that it should be turned over to the people group that had that, um, that was originally the owners of that, that those pieces. Uh, obviously, in the early 1900s, um, Indiana Jones was born in 1899, which it says at the beginning of this of this episode. In the early 1900s, I mean, he's like eight years old right now, so we're talking about 1907 or thereabouts. That was not the case. The you know uh, the UK particularly was incredibly colonial in terms of it setting up colonies all over the place. It was going to different nation states and. Uh, people in, involved in education or um, other 
parts of society were hosting these digs and they were taking these back to their own museums. They weren't giving them over to the people in the nation state where they were found. So now, so we don't address that dynamic here at all, because of course, if we were to address that dynamic here, they would have to be done in some kind of undertones because at this time, I, I mean, nobody, people were probably questioning this behavior, but it was not part of the zeitgeist of like Indiana Jones would have had to worry about this. Right. So it's fairly, it seems fairly, uh, what word do I want to use? It seems somewhat accurate to the period in which it's portrayed. Now, I will say that this is not trying to be a historical drama per se. So there are going to be some other things we see in this in this series, including in the later part of this episode, which um, <laughs> are maybe a little troubling that we should probably that we should probably discuss and, and talk about in, in greater detail. But my point here is that there's not a lot of nuance between what the Western world is doing versus what the grave robbers are doing. Because you could make an argument that the show is not making that if the grave robbers were local people and the they were related to the Egyptians in some way, then maybe they don't feel so much like grave robbers anymore. And it seems like the Westerners are the ones who are kind of more the grave robbers uh, per se. Now, you could also make the argument that, um, you know, some of these archaeological digs were just using Western resources to unearth things that then were given back to those people. But I don't know that that was a very common practice. And, and as a person who's not a historian myself, I'm not trying to make, I'm not trying to give a lesson on what was going on. I'm just trying to say in this story, it's not really addressing that point. It's saying that the Westerners are basically not doing anything wrong and it's basically saying that the grave robbers are people who are trying to rob um, this land, these people, these Westerners of their of what they've unearthed. And so the question that India is faced with is uh, the two questions that India is faced with in this particular portion of this episode in Egypt is are curses real and is the paranormal and the supernatural real or should I be a skeptic? And then secondly, what does it mean to be a grave robber? And what we know from the films, the Indiana Jones films, is that he oftentimes says this belongs in a museum. Well, what museum does it belong in? Probably one that is the nationality or at least the people group associated with that. But I'm not sure that that's exactly how it plays out in the Indiana Jones world. So we could, it's a debate we could definitely, we could definitely have um, and, and one that should be, it should be had. So they go in and uh, they figure out who it is, who's the grave robber, and Indiana Jones helps this guy um, essentially go in and, and defeat the grave robber. And here's what's really fascinating about this particular portion of this episode is that in this Egypt section, the grave robber essentially wins. This guy on the right here, if you're watching the video, he's the guy who robbed the grave. Um, and the reality is this is not um nothing here is is wrapped up at least it's at least not in the first episode and therefore uh henry jones senior has to keep on his tour his world tour where he's giving lectures across the world and when he has to give another lecture they leave they don't stay they don't stay in egypt they go to morocco and so we're going to go to morocco with them meaning the grave robbers as they're called here are uh, essentially win they essentially win the day and indiana jones 
has three impactful things that happened to Indiana Jones in this particular, in the first part of this episode. The first impactful thing, like I said, is that he is skeptical. He learns to be skeptical of the paranormal and the supernatural because of this aspect of a curse. The other thing that's really interesting about this is that he learns to be wary of grave robbers. That brings about a bigger discussion about who should have what, who should own what. But in this episode, it's just showcasing that that's why Indiana Jones, who will go on, as we've seen in the films, to always be wary of grave robbers. And grave robbers are always sort of portrayed as people who really aren't deserving of the artifacts. Um, so it's, you know, you, you don't really come across too many grave robbers here who are robbing the graves, uh, rob, robbing the tombs, robbing the whatever, the, art, the artifacts, and then taking them back to a people group or a nation group that deserves them. So usually grave robbers are portrayed here as being like they're only in it for the money and that that's bad. And then it's better to preserve the history. And that's what, you know, the archaeological dig was trying to accomplish. So we got a little bit of it doesn't come to any conclusions on that, but that's kind of how it's showcased here. The third thing about this episode is that Indiana Jones decides maybe the most impactful thing about this episode is that Indiana Jones decides that he wants to be an archaeologist. All of this really appeals to him. And he wants to uh, go ahead and become an archaeologist. And then we're back on a boat and we're leaving because we are headed to uh, Morocco. And here's actually a real quick shot of Indiana Jones' mom. This is Indiana Jones' mom. And they're headed to Tangier and Morocco. Um, here's a little bit of uh, they arrive in Morocco. Now you're going to notice immediately as some of these screenshots come up. Indiana Jones is seated at the table here to his left. If you're just listening, it's a big table. There obviously looks like they're in a Moroccan, a really nice Moroccan house. Um, it's uh, Indiana Jones and his family. And then also at another Westerner who works for the Sharifa of Jebel. And so that guy is just like a rich guy, basically, who lives in Morocco, a uh, rich um person who's native to that area and he has married and actually another westerner somebody from the uk and there's some tension there too because of what we're going to uncover in a bit here there's some tension going on in this particular scene and it's all very interesting henry jones um henry jones senior is again here to give a lecture an educational lecture who which he is presenting to uh, the ruler of this of this area the ruler of of morocco um and so Indy's along for the ride. So what happens? What, hap what could possibly be happening here? Well, the first thing we're going to capitalize on is that there are some racial tensions. They're going through the, uh, the marketplace and some of the locals actually spit on Henry Jones Sr. And now we're, we're getting to be aware that the people who have money in morocco and the people who don't have money in morocco there's tension there there's a lot of tension there some of that tension exists because the western colonial world has um come into morocco and and they're doing a lot of things the lady here on the left hand of your screen is somebody who's married into this rich moroccan family and now she's partially controlling things and so it feels like they're being occupied to a certain degree but even if they're not being completely occupied, even if they're still ruled by Moroccans, the problem is that those people 
there's a very much of a class difference. And so we see some of that showing up here. That class difference is uh, so big that, well, one of the things that we're going to find in a minute here as we look through this, uh, as we look through these, these slides, is that here's one slide here. They're all on horseback and they're going to, they have to go um, across some territory to get so that Henry Jones Sr. can, can do his lecture to this ruler. Um, the Sultan, the Sultan of this area and uh, Indiana Jones has been, has befriended and is playing with uh, one of the slaves in this Moroccan community. So this rich Moroccan guy and this um, UK lady actually have slaves. And in this particular case, this slave is actually, his name is Omar and he very much looks more um, of sub-Saharan African descent as opposed to North African descent. So this is just a really clear indication that in Morocco, slavery is accepted in this, in the early, um, in the early 20th century, right? 19, again, it's like 19, probably 1908 or 1907 or whatever it is here. Um, and so Indiana Jones is, is kind of befriending this slave named Omar. They're relatively the same age. Um, but Omar basically has to do whatever he's told by these people. And Indiana Jones is very uncomfortable with this, as you might imagine. He's kind of like, well, can't you just do something else? And they're like, no, it's the definition of slavery is I can't do anything else. And so we're already digging into a pretty intense subject um, to be showcased here. Now, I will say that this show does an interesting job of showcasing the different perspectives on this. So Indiana Jones is like the, is the perspective that we would have. We're like, what? This is crazy. These people, you know, this lady from the UK should like release all the slaves tomorrow. Like she should know better than this. Right. Um, but she doesn't, she doesn't do anything about that. She just says, yeah, this is the way it is. Indiana Jones, father, Henry Jones, senior and his mother, um are sort of trying to help they're not they're not um they're not suggesting that it's okay but they are suggesting that this is the way the world works in this area and we sort of have to put up with it while we're here but indiana jones is like this is totally bogus why would we be putting up with this and so it's a it's an interesting look into a kind of a deeper subject but we're going to even get into a more controversial subject here <laughs> in a minute um i'm going to fast forward a little bit here but there's there's Essentially, this is now they're getting to this city. It's a walled city. This is where the Sultan is. And in this walled city, it's very dangerous. This whole journey has been a little bit dangerous because there's the, their guide tells them that there's bandits. Their guide is Western, but he, he's influential in this, in this area. And he works for the rich Moroccan guy. And um, one of the things they talk about is how dangerous this city is. Now, again, I don't know where this was filmed, but look, if you're watching this, I'm going to describe this to you if you're listening. But if you're watching this, you can see this basically like walled city uh, that's built up around a sort of a plateau in the desert. There's a river kind of running through here. And this is this has got to be a real location. I guess it could be. There's a chance. It doesn't look like it to me, but there's a chance it could be a matte painting. Uh, Indiana Jones is famous for using matte paintings. I don't think it's a matte painting, but it is phenomenal. It is this little town that's all made of like red brick, it looks like. And it's all along this, this plateau's mountainside, sort of like. And it is a gorgeous shot. There's some green trees in the foreground um, along with this, this river. 
And this place is supposed to be fairly dangerous, particularly even if you're Western, if you're not, it's a lot of kidnappings. You're not supposed to leave the protection of the Sultan's, you know, palace where they're going to be staying. And we just get the feeling that it's not a good place um, to be. Now, they've also hinted at the fact that one of the things that would happen in this area at this time is that some of the slaves would actually be kidnapped and then resold. And so you'd have this problem of um, there's already a problem of slavery, and that's not cool. This obviously, uh, I'm just trying to say that the show says it's not cool, um, even though some people are kind of making excuses for it. So I like the fact that we have to live with that tension of some people because this is re- this is I mean this is this was really happening, right? Um, I haven't researched this time period and whether or not this was happening in this time period. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying. If we go back far enough to the colonial days, this was a real issue. And so we get to see some of the ways that the people at the time were thinking about it, but we also get to see it from Indiana Jones' perspective, which is the same perspective that we would take today, which is a more justice-oriented perspective of how messed up this is. But part of that being really messed up is that other people would steal other people's slaves and then resell them at the market because you could just basically resell them. So if you kidnapped them, and then resold them. It was like stealing a piece of property and reselling it, right? It's horrific. So Indiana Jones, the young Indiana Jones adventure is tackling some intense subjects. Um, now we're going to get into a really controversial subject here. Indiana Jones catches this guy. Here's the scene right here. This guy is sort of like a spy for the Western government. And so he works for um, the UK, the lady from the UK that married into the Moroccan family, the rich Moroccan family. And he works for them, and he he one of the things that he does is that he dresses as if he's from that area, as if he's as if, as if he's Moroccan. And <laughs> there we go. This is getting controversial. He puts, um, I believe he said it was walnut oil. He puts walnut oil on his face and his hands and stuff like that, basically doing brown face so that he can blend in with the other Moroccans. Now, the reason this is kind of controversial is obviously we can imagine somebody from the West doing something like this, especially if they're a spy. We can imagine it. But what gets really crazy is I'm going to fast forward here. Indiana Jones wants to go out into the countryside. And so he decides that he's going to do the same thing, which is just not cool, uh, meaning that he's going to also put on this uh, this brown face, but which, by the way, would never work because this kid does not look anything like um, at least the other guy had like a beard and stuff like that and could blend in. I'm just talking about from a functional standpoint, from a tactical standpoint. I don't see how it's going to work in Indiana Jones' favor. But he tries to convince Omar that they should go look because one of the things that the Sultan is doing is that when they catch bandits or when they catch thieves or whatever, they will put their – or even just rival warlords, I, I think is what they were hinting at. They'll um, they'll take their head and put it on a spike, right? So Indy's like, well, we got to go see that. So he and Omar go out into the – into the uh, marketplace and i will give you um one guess as to what happens yep this is indiana jones having been captured he's been captured by these nefarious dudes in the city and uh, he and omar are going to go on to the selling block and so though what that means is that this uh this western guy who um who kind of knows what's going on has to go out and figure out how to rescue them. And so, and so they do, they get taken to another city. They'd be trying to be sold. They're, you know, they're going to be sold as, um, 
this is not working perfectly by the way when i'm when, if you're watching the video it's not working perfectly for me to, to just cruise through these pictures but here, here you go here's a controversial picture for you so here's a bunch of kids who are going to be sold at the slave block is a picture um some of them look like they are sub-saharan they're darker you know darker skins um, and then some of them look like they're local Moroccan kids, but all of them are going to be going to be sold. So this is a very intense, it's a very intense episode. Honestly, it was a very intense subject. Not, not necessarily what you'd expect from an Indiana Jones show starring kids, but this is very controversial. I'm curious as to what your thoughts are on Indy using this walnut oil to change his skin darker so that he can blend in with the Moroccans. Um, that's a controversial subject in today's world. And uh, obviously, it wasn't for this time period. I'm not sure that if you're George Lucas, I don't think you write this into the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles or the Young Indiana Jones Adventure. I don't think you write this into this um, show in 2023. <laughs> I don't think that happens. That seems way too um, way too offensive um, in today's in today's um, climate. And but th what I do think is let's talk about what I think is is um, is interesting about this particular take. And that is that. What do we see later in Temple of Doom? We see in an Indiana Jones who shows up um, in India and in India, they say the local villagers tell him that the thuggy cult is back the thuggy cult is um, kidnapping kids and forcing them into slavery forcing them to work the mines and pancot palace is a is really part of the thuggy cult but they're pretending they're not and indiana jones goes well we gotta step in and help these kids if this is really happening that's not acceptable we better step in and, and make this uh, make this right so the one part I do like about this, not so much the the brown face or the him darkening his skin so that he could try and pretend he's Moroccan, but the, not that. But the part that I like is that he is um, captured and is and is being sold as a slave. Now, why do I like that? Because it has an impact on Indy's future character arc, which we see. This gives him a reason for being so disturbed. Because he's felt it. He doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to pretend to be empathetic. He's actually had to deal with it. Now, has he had to deal with it as much as the local kids here? Uh, of course not. Has he had to deal with it as much of Omar that we see here? No, of course not. Omar's an actual slave and Indy's not. But he's in the position of, of, of being sold as a slave and has had to deal with all of those fears and all of the, the things that might come up if you were dealing with that problem. And so from that standpoint, I think it gives us some really good, um, really good, knowledge that it, this is impacting this is this series is impacting his character arc of course everything turns out okay because uh, henry jones senior and this western um i don't know what to, i don't know what to call him he's like a spy i guess this western spy uh are able to save both indy and omar by the way they save indy they don't save omar they're gonna leave omar to be sold and indy's like Hey, what are you talking about? This is my buddy. There's no way we can leave here without actually rescuing Omar as well. And so Indy steps in and says that, that really needs to happen. So, I mean, <laughs> as I did not expect, I did not expect that this episode was going to get so deep into 
what it means to be a grave robber, what it means to be a skeptic of curses that people are telling you that exist. I sure as hell did not expect that we were going to see Indiana Jones in brownface, which is probably not. I mean, you tell me, it doesn't seem like it's okay. It seems like a mistake a kid would make, but I don't think anyone comes down on him hard enough to say like, this is offensive. Right. So I was kind of surprised by that. Um, but I can see why he did it. I can understand why he did it as a kid who was thinking it was a good idea. Really surprised to see them address slavery the way that they do. Um, again, the take on it is allows for some nuance, which is, I think, interesting. But we do see it through Indiana Jones' eyes, so it is, it is something that is definitely not okay. But all in all, uh, pretty intense episode. I give it a 7 out of 10. Seven, sorry, 7.5 out of 10. Um, it is, I think that it gets into some of these topics. Some areas of this are, of this show are a little bit slow. If you go back to the early nineties on television, they were doing 22 episode seasons on, you know, of television. It wasn't like 10 episodes. Like now we will get 10 episodes and it's like, Oh wow. These 10 episodes go by, you know, really fast. Well, this was back in the day when you had 22 episodes so you had a lot of it was they were slower they're a little slower so this is not this is not a series that is like you know just going really fast into like next action scene next action scene next action action scene but i actually kind of appreciated that because it gave us a little bit more opportunity to enjoy the environment uh, it gave us when they're in morocco it gives us a chance to look at the way that they that the production design designed these moroccan rooms it, when they're in egypt it gives us a little bit more of a feel of like when they're on the boat even like what does it feel like to be on the boat i liked those things so i did like this show a lot um i thought it was you know it was really interesting to watch this show in 2023 and see some of the issues that this show had um but, you know, George Lucas has always been pushing the envelope, I guess, with this kind of stuff. So I'd love to hear your thoughts below. What did you think of episode one of the Young Indiana Jones Adventures? What maybe did you pick up on that was something that the modern day audiences might struggle with? What are some lessons that you think are embedded in here that we could learn from Indiana Jones? And how overall do you think this plays with Indiana Jones and his character arc? I want to hear from you. Let me know in the comments down below. Thanks for watching and or listening on the podcast channel. And stay tuned because I'm going to go into episode two as well. We're going to cover all of Indiana Jones' life leading right up to Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Thanks for watching. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye.